All right, well, again, happy Easter officially again to everybody. Everybody's making their way back in, getting their kids settled. All right, we'll get to our seats. You guys ready for the word of the Lord today? All right, praise God. Well, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, Michael Turner, our friend, is going to be bringing the word today. And uh, he was with us last year, just before Easter. And uh, I was excited when he called and said they were going to be here again in the area at this time. And I said, well, you got to be here Easter Sunday. I said, let's make it Easter. The first time since I've been pastoring that I've given up the pulpit on Easter. All right? And so it feels a little weird for me not to be the one preaching on Easter Sunday. But I'm excited. I get to, I get to sit and, and just soak it in and receive as well. So it's good for me to do that. But let's welcome our dear friend and brother in Christ, Michael Turner. Amen. What a privilege it is to be with you all the way from New Zealand. And I'm glad some of us know where New Zealand is on Easter Sunday. And uh, what an absolute honor it is to be able to share with you on this moment, on this day. I mean, I do not take lightly the opportunity. And so my family and I, Natasha, would you stand? This is the most beautiful woman in the world. I asked her to marry me on top of the Eiffel Tower. She said, yes, stand up. Would you please stand up and say hi there? Come on, come on, everybody. Look at that. And uh, on the guitar, we've got Ken Simmons, handsome guy up there. Give him a hand and his beautiful wife, Alyssa, the one who sings like an angel. And, and, and so it's a privilege to be doing three months in America. Then we do three months in Europe. We go to Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Italy, France, Latvia, and Ukraine in the middle of a war. Yeah. And so um, God is doing amazing things all over the world. Every day to me is Easter. Every day to me is Easter. And, and, and as we get into the message this morning, I believe it's important that no matter what background you and I are from, what part of the community that you and I are from, it's important that we remind ourselves that as the world stops to celebrate this moment, that we get a real uh, understanding of what this moment is. Because it's more than just the death of Christ. It's more than just the burial of Christ. And it's much more than just the resurrection of Christ. There's something even deeper that you and I need to understand as human beings. And I'm going to get into it this morning. Because it's a wonderful thing. The death, burial, and resurrection of, of Christ we focus on. But there is so much more to the story. Before we get into the story, I want us to stand and sing forever. I will worship you because as we come to the revelation of this understanding, all our lives are spent doing one thing, worshiping Him and thanking Him for all He's done in our lives. Forever I will worship you. Lift your hands. Forever I will worship Let's lift our voices. For you are wonderful and glorious forever. I worship forever. I will worship you forever.
Father, you love the world so much. You wanted to be with us so much. You wanted to, to indwell us. You wanted to have a relationship with us so much that 2,000 years ago, you sent your son Jesus, the best gift you had, to die on a cross, to be brutally murdered on a cross, and that in his death, we can now be reunited with you again. Father, we thank you that, that we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. We thank you that we can not only talk to you every day, but we can be led by you. You are interested in every part of our lives, in our marriages, in our finances, in every choice that we make in life. You are interested in every intricate part of our life as human beings. You long to be with us. And so, Father, we cry out to you that we would not just... Uh, honor you or value you on a day called Easter, but that all of us would get to a point in our lives that every moment of every day, we would honor you, we would value you, we would worship you, we would give thanks for you, that we would all come into a personal and intimate relationship with you. We thank you that the cross is much more than the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. The cross in this moment in Easter is much more than this. It's about God being reunited with His children. It's about God now being able to fill His dwelling place. Holy Spirit, we thank You for this message. We pray that it would be fresh revelation to all of us today. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. And so the message that I believe God wants us to, uh, to hear t t today is called the battle for space in God's dwelling place. We're going to say the battle for space in God's dwelling place. The battle of the ages is the battle for the dwelling place of God. Since the fall of Lucifer and all those who followed him, the fight has been focused on destroying the dwelling place of God on earth. It began with Adam, continued with the Ark of the Covenant, and then on to Jesus. And today the fight continues to rage against all humanity. Every country, every culture, every people group, there is no place on this planet that is immune to the battle that is raging for our lives. Lucifer wants to occupy the space that God made for himself. I'll say it again. 
Luce, is, there a, is there a devil? Is there a person, a real entity called Lucifer? There is a real entity called Lucifer. There is a real entity, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. He is all three in one. And his goal is to destroy us from being the dwelling place that God made us to be. And it's important that on this Easter Sunday, we understand it's more than just running outside chasing Easter bunnies and Easter eggs. It's so important for America at this time that America is reminded of, of the freedom and liberty that it has is rooted and founded upon 1,500 scriptures that release us and free us from tyranny, from enslavement. God did not make you and me to be slaves. You and I were made in his image and likeness. He made, you want to say, God made me. I didn't come from a monkey. <laughs> Lucifer wants to occupy the space that God made for himself, a space that was restored in fullness through the precious blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16 says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols, for you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Everyone say, I am the dwelling place of God. Seriously, seriously. The God who created all the heavens and all the earth and all creation, he chose you and me to be his dwelling place. The difference between freedom and slavery in a nation, in a culture, in a people group depends on who occupies the space called God's dwelling place. Who is master and commander of the house that God made for himself? It starts with a thought or an idea, which if not confronted with this knowledge, this word, can lead to full demonic occupation of this house. In a worst case scenario, we have a Adolf Hitler. We have a Pol Pot. We have a Joseph Stalin. 100 million people murdered through these, entered, through these bodies, through these lives alone on earth. We must, listen carefully, we must on this Easter Sunday and every day we live, we must put up a no vacancy sign. No borders or rent is needed. The rooms are full. This house, everyone say this house, point, everyone say this house, this house is brought and paid for by the owner. This house is brought paid for and occupied by the owner. His name is Jesus Christ, and it's in Him that we live, it's in Him that we breathe, and it's in Him that we have our being. Hallelujah. Hey. In Genesis 2 and verse 7, we see God's original plan for His dwelling place. And it says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. When did man become a living being? When God breathed into him. Listen carefully. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. When did man become a living being? 
We've got breathed into Him. God made us in His image and likeness. He formed us and fashioned us to be His house, to be His dwelling place. It's a phenomenal revelation that you and I must get a hold of in our lives. The word in Hebrew for spirit is ruach, which means wind, breath, air, or spirit. The word breath has the same meaning as spirit. So when God breathed into man's nostrils, it was God's spirit that came into man. Genesis 2 and verse 17, we see the destruction of God's original dwelling place on this earth. Just a bit of history here. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you do, you shall die. We all know the story. Adam lived for over 900 years on this earth. So when it says that if they eat of the fruit, they will die, did Adam die? Well, no, Adam lived on, but he died because as soon as man ate of the fruit of the tree, the virus that was in the fruit came into man. It was called sin and death. The virus of sin and death, when Adam ate of the tree, ate of the fruit, the virus that was in the fruit came into man and destroyed the dwelling place of God. Why? God doesn't connect. God and sin cannot coexist. But the good news is this. From this moment on, from this moment, God begins the process to restore His dwelling place again. And Easter Sunday is about reminding ourselves of the price that he paid on the cross in order for us to be free from the virus. Yeah. Ephesians 5 verse 15 to 18 says, See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Everyone say evil. The days were evil as the apostle Paul spoke to the church at Ephesus over 2,000 years ago, and they're evil today. And it's important that you and I do not get used to the evil. It's important that the people of America do not get used to the evil so that we don't call good evil and evil good. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God? God wants to inhabit His people. We'll say, God wants to live in me. Say, God wants to live in His house. We'll say, I am His house. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You must say, be filled. God wants to fill us. There are a lot of things in this world that we can get drunk on. And we must choose to be filled with the Spirit of God. There are a lot of things in America. There are a lot of things 
in New Zealand. There are a lot of things in Australia. There are a lot of things in Europe that you and I can get drunk on. There are so much knowledge, so much information, so much stuff that you and I can fill our lives with, but, the, but, but God is trying to get a hold of the people of America. God is trying to get a hold of the people of New Zealand is that this space needs to have the life that you and I were made to have. We need to open our hearts and open our lives to be filled with the Spirit of God. You can be filled with your NFL team. You can be filled with your favorite music. You can be filled with this, filled with that, filled with so many things. But the question is, is God filling the space? Because only in God can we have life. Only in God. How can we make America great again? How can America become great again? If America would just make space for God, America will be great again. Are you with me today? The battle for space in God's dwelling place is a battle for intimacy. You want to say intimacy. What and whoever we spend the most time with will fill the space called God's dwelling place. The battle for intimacy is a battle for time. Everyone say time. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Some of us here today, you, maybe this is the only time in the year that you come to church. I want to encourage you to say this, that God wants to be with you and walk with you and be a part of your life much more than one day, than one moment of the year. And not that coming to church is, is the moment, because He can be with you anywhere. But the question is this, are, is God on our mind? Is God a part of our lives? Are we allowing Him to move and to be the life that He longs to be in our lives? The battle for space or intimacy is a battle for time. For time. You'll say time. For that faith is impossible to please him, who, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Everyone say diligence takes time. Time. So to know God, to have a relation with God, it takes time. Isaiah 55 and verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Seeking takes time. How do we, how do we win the battle for time? How do we do it? Well, the battle for time is won in humility. You want to say humility. The battle for time is one in, you and I, we don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I get up in the morning. I, I get up early in the morning. I make breakfast. I feed the kids. Put the clothes on the kids. Feed the kids. Take the kids to school. And get, go, go, go home. Make the dinner. Go back and get the kids from school. Take the kids home. Put some other clothes on them. Feed them again. And then I go to fo football, to baseball. Take the football. And by the way, honey, so good to see you. Oh, I love you. And then we move this. And then over here. And we come back home again. And then we go, hold on. 
on, idols on. Got to watch American Idol. Oh no, the voice. Got to watch the voice. You're the voice. Trying to understand. And we're running over, running like busy little bees, running like this, running to. Uh, and the time? You time? What? What are you talking about, Hobbit? Where do I find time? Well, time, time is found in humility. Humility. What do you mean? Let's read on. The battle for humility is won in a broken and contrite heart. King David wrote in Psalm 51 after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and killed her husband. He says this, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, will you not despise. Isaiah 66 and verse 2 says, for all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, but on this one I will look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit who trembles at my word. Time is created by humility. Humility is conceived in brokenness. Time is redeemed in intimacy. Intimacy is received by purity. Psalms 24 verse 3 to 5 says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. When we give our time, let's say time, to seek God, to ascend to his hill, to know him personally, he receives this as a sacrifice, he redeems the time, he multiplies it and rewards us with more of himself in our lives. When we give of our time, when we sow of our time, God supernaturally uh, redeems it and makes more time. So the question is not, not, not I can't afford to, Oh, I don't have time to spend with God. I don't have time to get to church. I don't have time to spend with God alone in my bedroom. I don't have time. I don't have time. The question is, I don't have time not to. I don't have time not to. Because God is life. And you and I were made to be filled. Everyone say filled with Him. You say, what in the world has this got to do with Easter? Everything. Easter Jesus' death opened the door for you and me to be filled again. And it's awesome. Daniel 11.32 says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt with flattery. Listen, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Intimacy with God produces fruitfulness. Everyone say intimacy with God produces fruitfulness. 
The overflow of God's fullness in our lives is fruitfulness on this earth. It touches our marriage. It touches our children. It touches our business. It touches our whole community. It's, how, how, how can I be a good husband and how can I have a healthy marriage, America? 50% divorce rate in church, 50% divorce rate in those not church. How can I? Is that, do you think that God, that's God's best for us? No. What's the problem? Lack of intimacy. Intimacy with who? God. God. Simple. We're so busy. Stop being busy. The only way that I can have intimacy or, or have a happy, smiling woman is to ask her to marry you on top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> intimacy with God. When I get grumpy, any grumpy men here? Any of us get grumpy? All get grumpy. There's pressure in life. We get pressure. It's not easy living on planet Earth. What's the busyness of life? I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to run around. I've got to get this mortgage, and this mortgage. And anyone a big house? We've got to have a big house. We've got to have a big house. Big house means you're cool, man. So we get the big house. You get a big house. How do you get a big house? You've got to go to the bank. Get a, get a mortgage. You get a mortgage. You get another job. You get another job. Get it's not easy. Whenever I'm grumpy, one look, all it takes, and I go to my room. Not the doghouse. I spend time with God. And I come out a little fluffy little bear. <laughs> a little a fluffy little hobbit. It changes our lives. Intimacy with God. You want to have a happy marriage? Men, make time. How do we make time? got to be humble. We've got to say, I need you, God. You've got to say, you've got to have a broken and a contrite heart. It's like, God, I can't do this without you. I can't. I need you, Dad. Dad, can you help me to be a man? Can you help me to be a husband? Because I really need you. And he's there. He's so faithful. 2,000 years ago, the world changed forever. The dwelling place of God was restored to its original place through the blood of Jesus. Easter, we're celebrating this moment. When the veil in the temple was torn in two, it signified the end of the wall of separation between a holy, unholy man and a holy God. Shortly after, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released to its rightful space. The enemy has tried, Satan has tried to hide this knowledge from the world, but God has always had a remnant to reveal this truth. From the early church to the Reformation, from the Reformation to the foundation of the United States of America, over 200 years, the gospel of this revelation, the gospel of Jesus Christ has gone throughout the world. As men ran to God with a broken and contrite heart, countries have changed. Countries have changed. Lives have changed. True freedom has been released into the earth. Throughout the centuries, Great outpourings of God's Spirit have been seen, and make no mistake about it, God is ready to do it again and again and again and again. But we, as Americans, as New Zealanders, have got to understand what made our countries great is this foundation. And if we want it great again, our leaders have to return back to this. No matter what they say, no matter how sincere their hearts may be, this is the only way. Jesus is the only way.
and to be filled with him is what Easter is all about. Genesis 15 verse 1 says, God says to Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. Think about that for just a minute. God, who made all the heavens and all the earth, hung the moon, the stars, and the sky. No scientist knows where the earth, the universe begins. They don't know where it ends. That God could have gave Abraham anything. Have, a, have, a, have an island in Fiji. Have this, have that. But he didn't. He said, have me. Have me. And the same promise to Abraham is the same promise to you and to me today. Will you open your heart? Will you make space? Will you create space? Oh, it's a battle. It is a battle. Lucifer does not want us to be filled. But through Jesus, through Jesus Christ, we can be filled today like God made us to be. Thank God for Easter. Yeah? I'll never forget the time in my life when I had my first, what I would say, in filling with, with God. I need to see what the time is here. What time? 12.01. What time are we supposed to end? 12.01. <laughs> are you all still with me? You're ready to go home? Still with me? All right, just a few minutes. I'll never forget the moment in my life when I was, had, had my first in filling with God. Up until the age of 16, my whole life revolved around sport. Rugby in the winter, cricket in summer. I was good at both. I had New Zealand scouts coming to my town and my school and saying, this guy has got potential. But at age 16, God takes that desire out of me and suddenly, I, I, I don't want my rugby, I don't want my cricket, I want to I wanna know God. Thank God for a praying mother. I had seen, mom, she said to me, she said, son, you, um, you, can, you can see the things that God does, you can hear about the things that God does, but there's a difference between hearing, seeing, and knowing him personally. And so I began on a journey because I wanted to know him personally. So I went into my bedroom alone. The rugby ball and bat was stuck in the closet. I closed the door and just began to pace up and down. God, I've seen the things you do. I've heard about the stuff you do. I want to know you personally. Are you really all you say you are? Are you really there? Weeks goes past and not even a goosebump, nothing. But I was determined. The Bible says God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So diligently, by God's grace, I'm pressing in, pressing in. Suddenly, one day, when I least expected it, this presence comes into my bedroom. Now, I couldn't see anything, but I can feel it. Can you feel something on your face? You can't see it, but you can feel him. You can feel the presence of God. You can feel the Spirit of God. And so this presence comes into my bedroom. I fall on my face, and I just begin to weep and weep. Ah! Ah! Just like that, weep. Ah! Just like that. The second thing that happened... The second thing is, it was like I'd put my finger in a light socket and this electrical current became surging through me. I don't know how long I was in this moment for, 
But all I can tell you is this, is that the young man that stood up was different from the young man that went down. And all I wanted to do, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about my home. I didn't care about the clothes I wore. I didn't care about my rugby. I didn't care about my cricket. I didn't care about nothing else. It's like the whole life began to make sense to me. And all I wanted to do was tell the world about Jesus and tell them that we didn't come from monkeys. You say, why, why, why do you say that, man? Why do you say that? Well, in New Zealand, we're taught we came from monkeys. In America, we're taught we come from monkeys. All over the Western world that was founded upon biblical values and truth, we're all taught we came from monkeys. And have a look around us. What are we starting to look like? The monkeys are swinging from the trees. They're in places they should never be. This is a crazy world we're living in. So the world needs an awakening to know who we really are. And so I began on a journey to tell the world about Jesus, that we didn't come from a monkey. We were made in the image and likeness of God himself. And so in my bedroom, I'm, the, I'm like this roaring lion. The most beautiful Aslan-type creature you've ever seen. And no fear, no, no nothing. Just I was, and I've seen hundreds and thousands of people all over the world coming to know this truth. But every time I would step out to share this revelation or this experience, I went from being a roaring to this, the scorniest, skinniest little kitty cat you've ever experienced in your life. Why? Well, You know why? You want to know why? Come on, is it, I'm feeling attention here. Anticipation. As a young man, I couldn't speak. I could not speak. I stammered so badly. And how I overcame my problem is this. The more time I spent with God... The more I was intimate with my creator, the more I created space for him, the more he filled me with himself until one day his love in me for you became stronger than my fear of what anybody would think of me if I came to them and I just couldn't seem to get it out. Perfect love casts out all fear. Are you ready, America, to create space? You, why do you say America? Why, well, I'm living, I'm here in America, aren't I? And the, the reason why America is in so much trouble, and it's in big, big trouble, is because America has pushed God out of the space. And that space begins in the people. The space for life to be revealed to humanity begins in the individual. And so if, 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 if America wants in the land of the free and the home of the brave, if you want that back, if you really want freedom, if America wants freedom, if America wants to stop the direction it's heading in, this is Easter Sunday, deep, whoo, if you want it, America, it starts with the individual person to say, I'm ready to create space for God in my life and my heart again. It's the only way America will be made great.
due respect to everybody and all the speakers and everybody who's sincere. I know there's a lot of sincere people, but the only way for this nation to be great again is if it opens their hearts and creates space for God. Let's all stand on our feet if you would. everyone just to close your eyes and bow your heads our time is gone but if you're here today and you want to make space as we sing this song as we sing this song just ask the Holy Spirit ask Him Father God is there is there any with where in my life where I've allowed so much stuff to come in that you're no longer in the place that you were made to be. As we sing this song, just open your heart and ask him, is there any is there is there anything in my life that needs to be removed out of me in order for you to come and live in me? Forever I worship forever I will worship forever I will worship you forever I will worship for you are wonderful lift your hands and sing glorious and Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Easter Sunday. As we remember Jesus, His death, burial, and resurrection, we understand that what He did on the cross was that He made way for us to be filled again. And today, we open up our hearts. We open up our lives. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, come and live within us. Find your place of rest within our hearts. Show us areas in our lives where we need to make space. Help us to make time. Help us to give of our time to diligently seek you. 
that your life would flow in us and through us and touch our community. In Jesus' name, forgive us. Forgive our country. Forgive our nation for being so busy that we've forgotten God, that we've forgotten the true meaning of life, which is relationship with you. Thank you that you're not hiding from us, but you've made every, every way for us to be with you. In Jesus' name. Forever I will worship you. Forever I will worship. For you are wonderful and glorious. Forever I will worship. Forever. prayer for all of us to be filled afresh with Jesus. But can I ask everyone just to close your eyes and bow your heads. Is there somebody here, number one, that has never made space to be filled with Jesus? You've never known what it means to ask God to come into your heart. You've never ever asked Him to forgive you for sin in your life. But today, you want to. You want to ask Him into your heart. You want Him to come and live in you. The only thing that separates you and me from God is sin. But Jesus took away that sin on the cross. All we have to do is believe it, confess it, and receive Him into our hearts. So if you're here and you've never prayed a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart, I did when I was six years of age. I did this on purpose. I stood up and went to the front and asked Jesus to go into my heart. If you're here today, you've never done that, I would love to pray with you, but I need to know who you are. So in just a minute, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hands straight up in the air and we're going to pray together with you. So if you're here and you, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you've never created space on purpose, you've never asked Him to forgive you for sin, I'd like to know who you are. Can I ask you, is every eye shut all over this place and every head is bowed? If that's you today, lift your hands straight up in the air. If you've never in your life done that, but you want to today. Anybody at all? If you're here today and in the past you have invited Jesus into your heart, but you feel as if you've kind of walked away from Him, and today you want to come back again. You want to open your heart on purpose and say, God, I, I want you to fill this space. I thank you for what Jesus did, and I want you to come in me. And fill every part of me, every, every closet, every bedroom, every bathroom, every hallway. I want you to fill me up. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hands straight up in the air. Straight up in the air. Straight up in the air. If that's you. Father, we thank you for every hand raised today. We thank you, Father, for every heart raised today. And Father, 
We thank you for this moment, Easter Sunday, 2016. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your mercy. And most of all, we celebrate the incredible blessing of having you as our reward, you as our inheritance, and our bodies, your dwelling place. Live in us, breathe through us, move through us. Help us, Lord, to be who you have called us to be, light in the midst of the darkness. Help us to reveal this truth to our neighbors, to our families. Let your presence, let your power overflow through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for having us all the way from New Zealand. We love you. We love this community. Pastor, are you ready for something? Are you good? God bless you guys. Can we give Michael a... Amen.